My favorite part is how when we launched this podcast, we're like, you know what we should do? And we start, we should talk about what we're drinking. And instead, I feel like we can't start an episode without complaining about how much we hate running a podcast because <laughs> of the equipment. It's the equipment. It's true. We love being here with all of you. We really like that part, which is why we persist. But if we but... could just be like in your living room instead of trying to operate cameras and microphones. It would be better. It would, be, would be better. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. So I don't know what, well, I know that this is a fit grab bag and Jen is surprising me with the fit questions, which is always fun. I am. I don't even have a clever open, but look, I want to talk about what you're wearing first, please. Well, I'm not even supposed to be wearing this, but because of all of our technical issues, I was like, well, I'm going to go do my photo shoot. See you later. It's beautiful. It's my birthday dress. It exists. You've seen it is like the prettiest thing that ever happened. It never stops to be a miracle to me how a series of diagonal lines turns into the prettiest curve ever. This is a nice curve, isn't it? This is really nice. But it's, I mean, I'm not going to say what my hack for doing scoop necks is, but I do have one. I'll tell you behind the scenes. (laughs) Secret sauce. What I really like is how the I-cord worked out it like makes it look like it's shining. The like how many lightness. stitches are in that I cord? <laughs> Billion. I don't know. No, I mean like is it two or is it three or so? Oh, it's three. it can't be four. Three. Okay. I always do three, but this is I did size down one or even two needle sizes to do this I cord so that it would really um, because this is a silk linen blend. My original um, this dress is based on the Alice T pattern. If you don't know, and that is an organic cotton tee that I put out over the summer. And I started knitting this dress for myself in, um, this is essence of autumn is the brand of the yarn. And I'm pretty sure it's just silk and linen and no cotton. Um, so I really didn't want, I wanted the neck edging to be like the perfect tension to hold it all together so that it doesn't stretch out as much. Um, which I feel like is really important when you're doing, a scoop neck, especially in a plant fiber to get that I-cord trim and like keep it contained because that I-cord will not stretch the way the rest of the garment wants to stretch. Do you know why I'm asking? Why? Because I'm getting ready to put an applied I-cord on a certain plant fiber lace tunic top. (laughs) Well, there you go. So I recommend experimenting with two sizes down for the I cord where we would normally, I feel like do one size down a lot of the time, but I would not because I would not normally do I cord edging. I'm torn between oh. doing garter stitch and I cord. I cord. I don't know. I mean, listen, <laughs> I like I cord a lot. I like I cord a lot. I know that piece has some garter stitch details though. Um, so the garter stitch could be pretty, you're going to have to swatch it. And by swatch it, I mean, just do, do it, it and see what you like. <laughs> do it live. Yeah. It's going to be it's good. It's too hard to swatch a neckline. I feel like I just apply the treatment and see if I like it. It's so just easy to rip out and yeah. do again. Yeah. Um, typically. So with that opening, nothing that we're going to talk about today has anything to do with I-cord or necklines. Or plant fibers. Yeah. No, we're just going to talk about fit. Um three things. The first one's juicy and a little long. Oh. And this came to me in a DM. 
Um, I listened to your podcast and through that discovered your patterns. I've never knit a sweater before and plan to start with one of your kids' patterns. Um, specifically, early sewing caught my eye, but I also fell in love with soft structure. Um, but I decided to put that off until I have a little more sweater experience. But I do have a question about it. I'm a man and I have no breasts. Do you think that the sweater will still look nice on me or will it fit weird as it's designed for people with breasts, at least as far as I can tell in the pictures? Looked at the mm. schematic. Can't quite tell from there. In any case, thank you. Love the podcast. Um, this is a big, juicy topic. That is a big, juicy topic. I sprung it on you. <laughs> I have an answer. This is my, my personal advice and I can't wait to hear what Jen is going to say, but yeah, this is like a less let's test Bess's fit knowledge episode. I feel like, but I'm so ready. I'm so ready for the task. Um, so in this case, I don't know this about soft structure, but what I know is that some of your patterns have more stitches in the front than the back. Um, especially in larger sizes, and some of them do not. And so I would check that, first of all, for this person. Um, I don't know their gender, but they can check the to see how the stitches are arranged. Usually Jen or I will put a note that says, like, there are more stitches in the front than the back. But I'm not going to guarantee that's in, like, every single pattern that has it. So I would double check when you are doing the initial setup are you putting more stitches in the front than the back or are they even because you want them to be more even and then i think if you are sizing for your upper chest measurement that i would start there but really i would check a lot of the schematic um and i think um not assuming anyone's gender but if you were assigned male at birth, you might find more places in the schematic that you might need to tweak. Um, but you know, honestly, any gender or any sex assignment at birth, you might find places that you're going to want to tweak having a body that, you know, is a bit different than the body that the fit model is displaying. What would you say? Yeah. What do you think? That's what I would say, but there are three ways I would give more context, right? Um, just to Mm -hmm. add on to what you're saying for watchers. Um, I would say there, there are basically three concerns I have whenever someone says to me, I'm a man and I want to knit one of your patterns. First of all, there's three ways that we, we, that we write patterns that are specifically for quote unquote women. And for the, um, for the purposes of this episode, we have available to us as knitwear designers, two sizing charts on for quote unquote men, one for quote unquote women. So that's the language we're going to use. There's a lot of variability between those two populations. And then if you layer on um, people who have uh, gender nonconformity, we have even more variation. But we as designers have population level data for two populations. And so that's what we have to design with. So if we're designing something for women, um, using the women's chart, that typically means that we are designing for a body with breasts. And the size charts that we have um, that are based on population data have those sizes having larger breasts for larger sizes. So somebody with a 28-inch full bust is going to have a very small cup size. Somebody with a 70-inch bust is going to have a much larger cup size, right? And so... Yeah, and shout out to all of the episodes we did on the Carol Bralette and around that time where we kind of got into detail about that 
and um, and what that means. Yeah. 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 So when we're talking about a uh, quote unquote women's, I'm going to stop saying, I'm just going to say, start saying women's patterns. When we're talking about women's, women's patterns, they're going to increase more rapidly from the neck to the full bust. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have an assumption about how big your torso is up at the top and an assumption about the full chest. If you are a man and, or somebody without breasts and you are knitting one of these patterns and you are in the smaller range, size of the range, that will not impact you as much as it will if you were at the top of the range, because there's right. a smaller cup size implied. Right. Candace has only one breast and her one breast is very small. Um, and she's in a small size and she and I actually wear the same size. And I'm the one that has to do a lot of modification because my breasts are bigger than a pattern right. would predict. And she really doesn't need much modification at all because the pattern already predicts that she would have not very spacious breasts. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that we do when we're designing women's pattern that makes it quote unquote, a women's pattern, right? Is we have a circumference that includes breasts um, at varying levels. Two is, as you noted, sometimes we might assign more stitches to the front than the back in proportion to the size of that cup. So yes, I have some patterns out there. I think you do too, where maybe there's a few stitches more in the front, maybe none for the first three or four sizes, and then maybe just a few for the medium. And it's proportionate. It's based on the size chart and how big the size chart indicates the cup size is. And we're, we're moving away from that. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I don't remember which of my patterns is like the uh, Mary and Tori might still have that sizing, but the patterns I'm doing now do not have that sizing anymore because Jen and I think it's easier for y'all to customize and modify if we start off from a more even state. And the more we talk to and meet knitters and bodies, the more we feel like those cup sizes are kind of, it's based on data, but it's also kind of arbitrary. That's the place where there will be the most variance. So, yeah. So yes, I would check and note that. Um, soft structure, these are two of my older patterns this person has noted. Neither one of them is gonna have an uneven division of stitches. Um, so then the third thing is gonna be, is there bus shaping? Right. And in all of our patterns where we've included short row bus shaping or another form of bus shaping, that's optional. Right. So there is a no bus shaping option in addition to multiple cup sizes. So those mm -hmm. are the three things that I think are the um, the biggest pattern writing differences on top of the fact that those two size charts, the men's chart and the women's chart, have different frame sizes. So the men's size Especially, chart right? mm -hmm, is going to have a bigger shoulder girdle for chest. So for this person who did not tell me anything other than that they're a man and they don't have breasts, my advice is to look at the schematic and see the dimensions of the finished thing and compare it to something you know that you have that fits well. Mm. In general, the conversion for a sweater built for someone with breasts to someone without is to use that upper chest guidance and then omit some of the body only increases. That's what I would have guessed is that you would want to make, especially that is a raglan soft structure. I know it's a raglan is it, and I think it's top down. Mm -hmm. So you would probably want fewer increases, fewer stitches in the body um, relative because you would want to still likely size on up, upper chest, but you are going to want to look at the full bust measurement as given for your size. Yeah. And since it's a raglan, it's not going to give you the, the cross shoulder 
we don't use souls and raglans. So are you well, ready for the next question? Sure. Yeah. How'd I get, I did good on this one, right? Yeah. A plus. <laughs> I'd like to hear about shoulder width as a key body measurement. It's like they knew. Compared to the respective sweater measurements. For example, how much ease do we really want in this section and how this relates to different styles and construction methods? Thank you for setting that up. Blindly. Mm -hmm. Beautiful work, sir. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I prefer ma'am. <laughs> so, um, I, I like to talk a lot about cross shoulder because I'm a satin sleeve girly and I love satin sleeve construction. And satin sleeve construction is really satin sleeve and drop shoulder. Saddle shoulder is like a version of those. Those types of constructions rely on the cross shoulder measurement, whereas raglan circular yokes, right? They do not. So if you're working with a raglan, you're unlikely to see the cross shoulder measurement given in the schematic because there's nowhere that that really corresponds to stitches in the pattern. That's right. Um, so you're going to need to decide your fit other ways in a raglan. In a satin sleeve garment, you know, as a new designer, I did a lot of experimenting with the width of the shoulders in my garments. And that was not always a success. <laughs> so I can tell you, I can tell you that you don't want much ease. You don't want, um, if you're not doing a drop shoulder. So if you're doing a drop shoulder, then that means you're doing a positive ease measurement in the cross shoulder. Anything that is wider than your actual shoulders is a drop shoulder. Um, and even if that's, I do happen to really like a wide cross shoulder measurement in my satin sleeves. I sometimes like to flirt with like bright being right on the edge. Um, and that works because I do a lot of fine gauge garments in a lighter weight garment that isn't going to yank things apart like this. Um, probably is a zero ease, or maybe it's a half inch negative ease, like a half inch smaller than my cross shoulder measurement, but like total front chest. This is cross shoulder. Oh, out to here. Yeah. I know you misspoke. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, so this is a common thing that new designers do is, um, they take that cross shoulder measurement thinking that should be the shoulder cross of their sudden sleeves, right? I did this in a pattern. I remember you did this in a pattern, uh, but yeah. it's not what we really want to be doing is we want to be linking that width as it is on your body in the design that you wrote to cross body, which is the width of the body where the underarm break happens right across. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I have mislabeled it in the past. So like, I think I've have set in sleeves out there with a schematic that might call it a cross shoulder, but it's really the cross front. Yeah. In patterns, we often call it cross shoulder because that's how it's measured, but the body measurement is cross body. Yeah. Right. If you put cross yeah. body in a pattern, I think people would be confused, but when we're yes. at home taking our measurements, um, often for a set in sleeve, uh, and yes, saddle shoulder is a variety. It's a, a variance of, uh, set in shoulder. Um, so for mm -hmm. either of those two constructions, we would want to rely on that as probably the primary, um, measurement on the schematic to match. And we want our body to match that without much variance. Um, sometimes I actually like mine set in a little bit because I feel like knitting tends to stretch out throughout the day. And so if it starts just a little bit in, then I find 
So I usually take about a quarter inch out and you usually do yours dead on. Um, but that probably mm -hmm. also has a little bit to do with the, the variance in our build. I have a narrower shoulder than my size chart predicts that I should for my, even for my upper chest. Yeah. And mine is exactly on, but I do have a, as we know, juicy triceps. And I feel like that adds some width to like the upper part of my, it's not my actual shoulder, but it's just below that, you know? So having yeah. like a little more space there usually feels more comfortable to me, but it depends. I've really started basing that amount of ease there on the heaviness of the sleeve that's attached to it and the width of the neckline. So yeah. you can get away with a lot more when you have a narrow neckline. Um, something like the tee that I'm wearing that has a really wide scoop neck. I really like scoop necks and I do a lot of scoop neck designs. And if the, if the cross front measurement that we might be calling cross shoulder in the pattern, if that's too wide with a scoop neck, then you're really going to get like falling off the shoulders. Even if it is, you know, even if it's the right, the accurate to the schematic distance, it's going to stretch out your neckline. So yeah. 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 And good design will accommodate for that. Good design will plan for that experience of the fabric on your body. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when we're working with a yoke or a raglan, we need to rely on different metrics. And then we're typically looking for structure in the width of the neck in a round yoke and the depth of the underarm. So just making sure that those measurements really resemble your measurements um, is going to give you a better fit in those types of garments. Yeah. Um, the, the cross front and the shoulder, right? That's like the one area where something has to really fit, even if it's an oversized design. You typically want to see that it does narrow down to the actual shoulder measurement so that it hangs well off of, as Jen would say, hangs off the apex of the shoulder cleanly. I would say that. I know. You just said that recently somewhere that I was, we were in a group and or on your stories. Who knows? I hear you talk so many places. I do talk a lot. <laughs> well, it's just that we're always in the same, you know, rooms. I, I talk more than you. We know this. I don't know. Anyway. I, don't, I haven't used a timer. Um. <laughs> it's such a like, it's such a you thing to say without collecting the data. Who can tell? Who even knows? We need more, we need more data. Um. <laughs> uh yeah okay and so the last question i answered this in the comments last time but i thought it would be a fun thing to talk about i think this is from kim sleeves knit flat and seamed versus in the round um mm -hmm. you've converted me to seams are fine but sleeves seem to go faster on my nine inch. what did you read this did you do you know what my response is already yeah I, that's why i'm laughing because i this know exactly what like, you what said would, what would jen say <laughs> Uh, so, so Kim asked if there was a benefit to knitting sleeves in the round and if it's okay to switch to knitting flat. And Jen said, no, there is no benefit to knitting in the round, <laughs> which is the nicest possible way that she can say that there is benefit to knitting flat. Actually a flat knit. We feel not an, right. I don't care in a sleeve. It's the only benefit to me of knitting a sleeve flat is that you don't have to knit it round because like that is like if I had to knit sleeves in the round, I would just stop being a knitter. That's true. Sleeves really don't. You yeah. don't need the sleeve seam structure 
the way that the structure of seaming other parts of the garment really makes a difference. Um, I don't like nine inch circulars either though. We like you Kim, but we don't like nine inch circulars at all. I don't mind knitting sleeves in the round, but I will say that I, um, I also prefer knitting them flat because it's just annoying to knit small circumference in the round, especially because of always alternating skeins, sometimes like three at a time. It's yeah. annoying. So yeah. yes. So Kim says, also, I can try on as I go up to the shoulder, which helps a lot for my larger arms. Is there a benefit I'm missing to a seam sleeve? Um, and I just wanted to share this out loud on the episode because I know that not everybody reads past the episode comments. And I think that this is a really great question. If you're somebody who doesn't love knitting your sleeves in the round, there's very little they're not adding a lot of structure. There's not very much benefit. You know, usually there will be two stitches, one on each side added to a flat seam so that you can seam them up. So if you want mm -hmm. your garment to look like the one in the pattern, you're generally going to want to um, omit those two stitches when you cast on and otherwise green light, your go. As Kim said, it's good to know that we can all do whatever we like best. Yes. Yeah. So wait, is Kim pro knitting flat or pro knitting in the round? She's pro seams and knitting in the round because those are different. Now my mind's blown. <laughs> Wait, can you seam something in the round? She doesn't mind the seaming, but she prefers to knit in the round. So she wants to know where she can knit in the round. Okay. So she wants to take a seamed sweater and knit the sleeves in the round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And just seam the sleeve cap. You won't catch me doing it. You know, I'm always like, well, you want to design this in the round, but don't tell anyone I plan to do the sleeves flat. I haven't done it yet, but one day y'all. I know I've thought about doing that before, but I'm just, I wanted to do that with Marsha, but I'm afraid of, you know, missing some glaring mistake that I would have not missed if I didn't do it that way. Plus I feel like the benefit is not as much fabric management, like on your lap. Mm -hmm. And so if you're working flat on a sweater that's already formed and you're working top down anyway, but if I was working bottom up, I would absolutely cheat and cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Catch you me. can't do it if the sleeve is top down. I mean, you could, but you still have to it's so much up from the cap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you might as well do it in the round at that point. You're right. Ugh. Or just always make teas and tanks, and then you don't have to have sleeves. <laughs> I'm going to do a tank next, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be easy. We're both doing tanks next. Well, we're both doing teas right now, y'all. So um, do you think that the test call for those two teas is going to go to the One Wild Designs newsletter? I would think, yes. So um, if you want to get ahead of it, you can make sure you're signed up for that newsletter. But we're going to be taking, if you're on our newsletters, we're going to be smooshing them together um, soon. We may have already done it by the time this airs. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Except the frog party. That already happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jen reminded me that it already happened. So I didn't talk happened. about it happening in the future. Right. It already happened. We are all sitting on a <laughs> nest full of eggs made of freshly reclaimed yarn balls. Yeah. Nothing but unhatched we, potentials. We don't have a ton of stuff to like announce. Thankfully, we're in a rest period. But I will say this, y'all. 
get ready for the athleisure collection. It's coming. It's not here yet. It's not going to be available for at least another like six weeks or so. But from what you've all told us, you're excited. We're excited. Be ready. Be ready. <laughs> be ready. Yeah. I don't have any more fit questions. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Po- any us? podcast things? No, I mean, I think we're going to be doing another episode before. Typically, the next episode would be like the day before Thanksgiving. But I think we're going to be sneaking another episode in before that, maybe. So uh, that's the other thing y'all can look out for. Now that we're going at a slightly shorter format, we expect to be getting you additional episodes of the podcast. So if we've uh, sparked any fit questions for you, send them our way and we'll get to them next time. Or we'll have something completely different. Maybe we'll do sneak peeks of the spring stuff. Oh, that would be fun. You know, Mary finally just came home today. I have never, I've like not even had that sample in my possession, except for days that I've done photography. (laughs) It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. I know. But if you've seen her on the road, um, thanks for saying hi. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully by the time we record next time, we'll have more information on a... R-E-T-R-E-A-T. Yeah, y'all. Are you ready for a retreat? And if you are ready, tell us your favorite time of year to get away for something like this. Because that is one of the biggest questions I have right now. Is like, what time of year do you want to go on a knitting retreat? Yeah. I mean, 365 days. And how quick, can you, how quick can you book it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you right now we're facing the decision between this February and next February, and there might be some other things on the table, but right now that's the decision we're facing. So. But isn't that only if we go with the way that we aren't sure that we're going to go. Yeah. But our big reservation about that was that it was too soon. That was only our real reservation. Maybe. Anyway, as you can tell, the sausage is still getting made. We yeah. Hear from y'all because it's for you. So, you know. Yeah, we are. We have been keeping that kind of under wraps, but we are planning a retreat and we do want to know what would work best for you and where and when. The when is the most important thing. I think um, we've got some good ideas on where. It will almost certainly be in the... Eastern time zone. I think we can say that at least. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you think. That's all we know. And we thanks for out of time zone. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Behind the scenes. <laughs> I feel well, like this episode has been a lot of watches co-work. <laughs> that's okay. This is what it's like. One it's wild like. co-working hour. <laughs> and thanks for joining us for it. We'll talk to Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Happy knitting. In two weeks or one to be determined. <laughs>